Marky, what's up, buddy? What's going on, brother? I'm excited. Oh, this is going to be a great episode, we, man. We have a guest today. We have a guest today. I'm super yeah. stoked about this. Um, how's your week been so far? Uh, great. Uh, my picks yesterday were amazing. So uh, Shut up. I can't wait don't, to get to that part. Don't, don't try to get me pissed off right from the beginning, man. It was supposed to be a good day. <laughs> I know it's you want to see me jump through it. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's going to be a good game for football. It's, it's going to be, great, be a great day for playoffs, but we also have a good day. We're talking some baseball with somebody that we have on today. So, um, folks, you know we've been pushing this for the past week or so here. Um, we were able to get Scott Calloway, who is a gentleman that was in the movie 42. He's going to come with us and chat about some of his experiences that he had on the movie set. Um, I am super excited for this. I know Mark might have some questions. I have some questions. And I just want to make one more comment. You are a diehard fan because you're wearing that Eagles hat still. So I'm absolutely, I always, always, I I'll always rep them. Always rep them. I got my uh, my good old Rocky poster in the background. Still got my Eagles hat. Still, still fly Eagles fly, baby. Always. Oh so yeah. Without further ado, we want to bring in Scott Calloway. We're going to chat with him. So Scott, come on in with us, man. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. Oh, so glad you could be with us, man. We really, it's a pleasure to have you on. I'm so happy we reached out and connected. Um, so everybody doesn't know Scott was in the movie 42, which is uh, a documentary basically about the uh, Jackie Robinson story. Um, great movie. Chadwick Boseman gone too soon. Yep. Um, Harrison Ford was a big actor in that. Also Christopher Maloney. I'm a big um, SVU fan from Law and Order. So seeing him mm -hmm. as uh Leo DeRocher in that movie was fantastic. So, Scott, why don't you just give us a little background, where you're from, your sports background, things like that, and then we'll jump into the movie stuff later on. Yeah, um, I grew up in Georgia, and I'm the son of a, a former uh, college baseball player at Georgia Southern University. My father played baseball there, and um, he was young when I was born, and so he and I were just, as soon as I was born, we're doing sports. I mean, I think I was swinging a baseball bat at three and running a football at five and dribbling a basketball shortly after that. So I kind of grew up in that. And, um, you know, baseball was an early love for me. And I played all the way through very competitively through high school into college and a little bit of um, I played some semi-pro wooden bat league ball until I was about 30, 31. And so baseball has been and I was a catcher. And so baseball has been a big part of my life. Um, all my life. Um, I did play football collegiately, but, you know, if you ask me which I love the most, man, it's probably baseball, <laughs> even though I, I, I probably had a few more talents on the football field. But so athletics have been such a large, large part of my life. And I attribute that to my father, which is why I got a chance to be in some sports movies along the way. Um, I was discussing this earlier um, when we were chatting uh, 2005, um, We Are Marshall came to town to Atlanta to shoot. And um, I said, what the heck? Let me go down and audition for that. Maybe it'll open a door and somehow got in that movie. And it did. It opened a lot of doors. And I was able to 42 came along because of a contact that I made, I think. So We Are Marshall was in 2005. And then seven years later, I think here comes um 42. The unique thing about 42 is I had been in the real world working and the thing I was doing at the time kind of got pulled out from under me. And so I came home that day having lost my job 
And I was just sitting there kind of wondering how I was going to support my very small and new family. And I got an email about a baseball movie coming to town about Jackie Robinson, and they may need some baseball players. And so I wasn't too far removed from my competitive playing days. And I, you know, still had some juice in the tank. And so I said, maybe I can go down. And uh, so I went down, I got in line and the, um, the casting director for the baseball scenes uh, for 42 was there and he was just running guys through interviewing them, asking them stuff. And there were little, you know, pointed questions he could ask to see if it would be worth another look at that person. And I finally got my chance to go in front of him and he asked me what, you know, and I said, sir, I played baseball all my life. I said, I played for about 25 years, um, played catcher a lot. And so I'm standing there and uh, talking with him and I got out of line and this girl came up and grabbed me and she said, Hey, I have a question. She said, I'm a production assistant and you look, and she had this picture. She said, you look exactly like the catcher from Philly in 1947. His name was Andy Simonick. Would you want to come and read for a speaking part for, to play him in the movie? I was like, sure. <laughs> I said, what do I do? That's awesome. I said, what do I do? And I said, she said, follow me. And How so, do you say no to that? Yeah. I mean, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And so I go up to this room and it's, it's her boss, which is like the, the person in charge of casting for like speaking parts and what they did. And they do this on a lot of the stuff I've been in. They give you a, a scenario, a realistic scenario to see if you can act that out because see guys, what happens a lot of times you'll have actors that want to, be in the in the sports scenes and they don't really know what they're doing so like if I gave you a scenario and you've never played baseball you're not going to do it right you know so she was like okay here's the scenario you're catching you're giving signs and there's a pop-up and I want you to say this line and she gave me the line to say and so they weren't necessarily looking at how I portrayed the acting part but how I looked like setting up behind the plate because ultimately that camera is going to be on you and you can't look, you know, out of place. They wanted, they wanted it to be the best baseball movie ever made. And I think it's one, one of those. And so I, and so I did well and she said, okay, we'll call you back if we want you to come back. Well, they called back that day, the next day, the next day. And then it got to Friday and it was between me and another guy. And they, they cast me as uh, I got, I got the part. So, and then that led to just being in the film. I mean, I don't want to just keep. Do you guys have any questions about any of that? that oh, we, got, we got tons. <laughs> and you, you keep going too. Like, don't yeah. ever feel, don't feel bad, man. Just so go. I, we, I love well, listening to your story well, already. Man. And guys, listen. You know, there's actors and baseball players. I mean, I was in a scene with um, uh, what was the guy's name? Um, he's he pitched in the majors for about ten years. Um. I'm not drawing a blank on his name. I'll think of it in a minute. The guy I was in the scene with, really good guy. He pitched for the Braves and the Yankees and the big leagues, and he just signed to be an announcer on Bally Sports. What is his name? Golly, we were friends in the, on the set the whole time. Anyway, so there's guys like that that are in the movie. You know, there's ex really good college players. There's, you know, actors. And so when you get cast, I mean, you're in a, some pretty high cotton there. And so – you know, here I am, you know, I've always seen myself as just a man of the people. I'm just a commoner, you know, I've gotten a chance to do some cool things, but you know, I'm here. I am just a fly on the wall in this story. 
And what transpired after getting cast was truly just a just a dream summer. I mean, you're talking about shooting at all the historic baseball sites. I mean, to portray that 1947 look, you can't go down to the modern, you know, baseball stadium. You got to go down to these triple A and double A and single A stadiums and make them look like 1947. So, so where that was one of my questions. How did they renovate a stadium? Or was a lot of this stuff done with computers? Like, did they really make it look like Ebbets Field? Like, how did we, that work? Well, you CGI some. I mean, there were there were you green screen and you CGI stuff some, but like we were at, let's see, we started in Birmingham at Rickwood Field. Rickwood Field is the oldest baseball stadium yeah. in the United States. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a lot of that's authentic, but here, here's what you're up against in a baseball movie. You got to have a guy that can throw, you know, 90, throw a strike, and then have a guy hit a home run for some of those sequences. And, I mean, you could do that for a week and never get that scene. So you got to CGI that. So what, they, what they'll film is they'll film the motion from, like, a real pitcher, and then they'll film it coming in there, and they'll film a swing from a real baseball player but so that you can move on, I mean, you can't take a week to do that. You got to move forward. So they'll CGI that sound and that home run. And, but when we see it, it looks like the guy just hit a 400 foot bomb, you know? So stuff like that, there, there's some CGI, but that we're at the real place. I mean, we're at Rickwood field and, you know, the nostalgia is there and a lot of stuff, they don't need to even mess with it because it's just an old stadium, but some of the stuff, you know, they get, they have got the guys that build those sets are like, master carpenters i mean those guys are master welder the crew those guys are really good i mean they, they can build you a house in in two days you know they're they all out there so they can do anything really talented folks on those crew on the as far as the crew's concerned um that's awesome so what anyway, was it like prepping for a day on the set like you're obviously in your catcher's gear all that good stuff but what was the preparation did they give you any time frames like what time would you had to be there all that good stuff you can't imagine how long it takes to shoot 30 seconds of a film. I mean, if you're going to have a day shoot, you're, and I, let me say this for anybody that doesn't know the TV film industry works extremely hard, extremely hard. You're talking about 16 hour days every day and they don't want to hear it if you're tired. And if you're doing a sports scene, I mean, I'll give you some examples, you know, so, you know, you're up at, you know, four thirty-five. You're out there. You take the shuttle from the hotel that they put all the actors and players up in. And you shuttle down to set. You go into hair and makeup for an hour. Then you get outfitted for your uniform. By this time, it's 7 or 8 in the morning. But they still got to let the sun come up so that you're getting the right light. So you're sitting there for another hour or two. And then let's say it's your day to shoot. Then when the sun's finally high enough, now we've got to go into 12 hours of shooting at every single angle. And listen, guys, if you're going to play catcher, in a movie, I got to have you squatting and standing up and throwing and squatting in every angle. And you can't be like my knees hurt because get me another guy. Then we that got the wrong guy oh, and at the time. I mean, I'm 47 at the time I was 35 and still in really good shape, but like just up and down and up and down with a surgically repaired knee. I mean, I was having to really grind through that. Um, and then you got another day of it, another day. And like, for instance, if you go back and watch the sequence of the Phillies and the Dodgers, the scene, the scenes that I was in, there's a play where, where Jackie steals or Chad steals second 
Well, the play was for me to throw it bad into left field. I had to over like throw it past second base so that he could slide in and all that. Well, the throw has to be an accurate bad throw. Like you can't, and what's what's hard for a real catcher like me, you know, I, you're telling me to throw it bad. I'm trained to throw it on the back. Like I'm not, so I'm, you're, so it's got to be thrown bad, but like right on the X where he wants you to hit it. So if you're too far this way or that way, you know, you got to over, and it's got to be a rocket. I mean, this can't be a lob. So, I mean, I, there's a, I have a picture in my pictures where I've got my arm is throbbing after that scene. I mean, I got ice on my elbow, on my shoulder, and I could just hear my, feel my heart beating in my arm from, you know, 35 or 40 of these just bad throws that you had to do. Plus the, you know, all the, all the knee stuff. And I mean, I'm a guy that would never complain. You know, I'll, you'll, you'll have to drag me off the field. You know, I played like that, but man, I was hurting in that movie. So So take us, so take us into the scene that you're there was a pretty iconic scene just because of what was going on. I know we talked a little bit off camera of what Chapman was portrayed like. How, tell us that process, what they told the, the people that were in the stadium. You know, how did that go? Yeah. So, you know, the scene that, that you're referring to, Philly versus Brooklyn, and the manager for – first of all, let me say this. In 1947, there were no black guys in baseball, okay, until Jackie comes along. So the very thought of that was – uh, appalling to the white MLB. And so, you know, Branch Rickey, the general manager of the Brooklyn Dodgers, if you go back and watch the film in the opening scene, he's going, you know, these Negro League players can play. We got to get some of these guys because they're going to attract viewers. And if you recall in the movie, uh, Jackie and and Branch Rickey are talking and, and Branch Rickey says, I'm not worried about color. The only color I'm worried about is green. And they will come pay to watch you play, and so, and so, white baseball viewed a black man as taking the food off of another white man's plate, and so the scene that you're talking about between Philly and Brooklyn, before we even shot it, we're standing in our places. You got me at catcher. You got the umpire. You got Chad Bozeman standing there right around home plate. You got you know the scenes all set up. You got. The Dodgers in their dugout, you got Philly in their dugout, and you got our manager, Chapman, which is played by Alan Tudyke. And Brian Helgeland, who uh, directed L.A. Confidential and uh, uh, Mystic River, is the director for 42, gets on a bullhorn. He goes, guys, before we start, he goes, just letting you know, this is a highly racially charged scene. And there were extras in the stands that were outfitted in the days, you know, garb. You know, if if you guys can't take probably some of the most appalling racial comments you've ever heard, you need to go now. Now hit the hit the door. Now's the time. But if you're gonna stay, we need you to stay and we need you to stay in character. And so, you know, and nobody moved. Everybody stayed. And when he said action, here comes Alan, just just you know, on this diatribe of, of racially charged uh, comments. And I can just remember sitting there breathing in that secondhand smoke from that. And it was so difficult to listen to that. And they would say cut and everybody would be uncomfortable. I mean, Chad would walk off. He would walk off. And and what you got to know about that is Chad, the, the man Chad Bozeman, 
and the man Alan Tudyke understand that's not real, but they have to take it in as real, you know, because I'm Jackie, you know, Chad's Jackie and Alan is Chapman. They can't, they can't get in their own skin right there. They got to do it like the real guy, because here's the point, everybody. If we don't portray it like that, then you won't get a grasp of how great Jackie was. He wasn't worried about playing baseball per se. He was worried about going home alive every day. And so to, to go to work wondering if you're going to get killed or not, and then making it through that and then being a Hall of Fame baseball player. Imagine if you guys had to go to work every day or any of us, and we may not make it home because everybody hated us. He got up and did it every day. So we had to portray that in the film. You know what I mean? And so, you know, and then when you when they yell cut, you want to go hug Chad and say, hey, dude, I love you, man. But you can't do that because you got to let that stuff stew in him so that he can portray the anger that Jackie would have portrayed. So if you, if you recall in that scene or go back and watch it right after he, he goes through one of those at bats where our manager's just railing into him, he goes in the tunnel and takes a bat and just beats the crap out of the wall. And branch Ricky Harrison Ford comes in the tunnel and just kind of lets him live in that moment because man, you're that dude's heart was getting crushed every time he stepped on the field by everybody. Even his own team hated him. So to be able to endure that and then be a baller at the same time, and that, I mean, that you got to tell that story. And we tried our best to tell it the best way we could. So to be a catcher in those scenes, you know, every time they yelled cut, just because of the guy that I am, I just wanted to say, dude, I love you, man. <laughs> I want you to know I don't feel this way. <laughs> but you had to, you know, you couldn't do that. You had to had to leave it alone. But after it was over and you yelled cut and everybody went and had a meal together, you could, you know, give him knuckles and say, I love you, dude. And he would receive that. So I could tell you, aside from Kevin Costner playing catch with his dad in Field of Dreams, that scene with Chapman and Jack and Chad in, in that movie was one of the most emotional scenes I've had in a sports movie because you actually, you guys made it you felt that moment it was i mean i was uncomfortable watching it in the movie theater oh yeah you you feel like, what the fuck you feel Dude, like what? i can't believe it was like this like i cannot yeah. believe that he went through that and you guys did a great job in portraying like you i felt that as watching watching the movie multiple times like it well when they just, would yell cut i mean when they would yell cut i'd be standing there and i, I would just look back at the umpire like like dude like this is like you know, but you couldn't like, you couldn't fold, you know, you had to get, you know, you had to listen to it. And, you, and see, I can remember watching that back and forth between Chapman and Jackie. And I kind of had to act like, like, like I'm bowing up to Jackie because that's my manager and I'm playing, but, but I'm not like that. You know what I'm saying? So, but you still have to, everybody's got to do their little stuff, you know, so that the scene looks right. Because what you're out there to do is like, it's like, Somebody one time gave me this analogy. When they when you go to a jewelry store and they present diamonds, they present it on a on a dark background so that you can see the brilliance of that diamond. So we had to present that dark background in 42 so you could see how truly great Jackie really was. It's a great fucking analogy. And you guys did that oh, that's fantastically. Awesome. So it was hard. It was hard. And I remember one day specifically um, riding to the set with Alan in a little van that picked us up at the hotel and I, you know, try not to like talk to those guys, you know, it's not like they're idols or anything, but like, you know, everybody wants to talk to them and ch chew their head off. 
And I just I, – I got a sense that he would be okay if I, you know, mentioned something to him. And I was like, hey, man, how do you do that? How do you say those things knowing you don't – he said, Scott, honestly, he goes, that's my job. He goes, they hired me to do this movie to portray that. He goes, if I can't do that well, then get the next guy in here. And so it's nothing personal. We're all professionals, and Chad knows that. And we hug it out, you know, at dinner. But right now, you know, and I said, I get it. You do a great job because, you know what? Everybody in America hates you. <laughs> I, so, so see, that's kind of what I popped in here to ask was, did I'm you just... have, did you have any kind of fear that when you were out in public, someone might recognize you from the movie and and think that you really right. are that way, or did you have any moments like that? Well, let me tell you, there was a mixed crowd. You know, you got you got 400 extras in the stands that are a mixed bag of everybody. And there was definitely thoughts of that. I mean, I just me being who I am, you know, I always go out of my way to be cordial and nice to people to make sure, you know, people know how I feel about them. And so, you know, I made sure that everybody knew, hey, it's just a scene in the film. You got to – and. The things I'm telling you, I had these conversations. I'm like, listen, like if you got in a talk with an extra and maybe they were black and they were sitting in the stands, it's like, guys, we're doing Jackie and injustice if we don't do that. Yeah. Because what we want the viewer to take away from this from the theater is this man was a Hall of Fame baseball player and had to live in that because nobody has to live in that now. And we whine about it's too hot outside. Jackie you know, it was too cold. You know, it was 14 degrees down here. Hey, who cares? Jackie had to go through this just to make it home at night. And he's an Hall of Fame baseball player. Didn't care. He just grinded it out. And so that's what we're trying to do. And when they, you know, there were times you're out maybe having a beer with, with somebody or hanging out after the, you know, everything's over. And they go, yeah, you know, that makes sense. Because why would you hold that back? And people, I think people understood that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I had to ask because I know that there have been several actors out there that are playing villains in movies, and they get that kind of stuff from people in the streets all the time. Well, I bet you, Alan, I mean, I can't speak to this, but I bet you, Alan, you know, Chapman, the manager, he probably did get some vitriol because, man, I mean, we've all heard Rachel, uh, you know, tirades and stuff. Uh, that was a pretty epic one. You know, that was like no holds barred. I mean, that means he did a damn good job. Yeah, he did a great did a job, job with it, knowing, I mean, honestly, dude, I saw Chad and Alan, you know, shooting the breeze off to the side. They they know, but then you get into that mold and yeah. boom, you got you to gotta show it. And so they're pros, man. That's why they make the big bucks. That's for sure. <laughs> I couldn't imagine just trying to sit back there and keep, keep keeping my mouth shut, like not saying anything and you have to – almost go after them when you're it's it's incredible to do, do that acting job to be able to set everything that you are as a person just in the short time i've been able to talk to you and meet you you're nowhere near like that and to be able to have to separate that is amazing no it's, it's no awesome. I, I don't have a i don't have a, a sliver of that in me in fact i love everybody and i go out of my way to make sure they know it and i try to help everybody i can and i just remember um, sitting through those takes. I mean, you're talking hours and hours of those takes. And I remember I didn't know Chad was going to go up in the tunnel and do that bat against the wall. And I didn't even know the cameras were rolling. 
because they took the cameras and they set it up in the tunnel and we're just kind of out on the field and you hear that bat hit the wall and hear him scream. And I thought he was just reacting to the scene in like real, like that was Chad, but that was just the scene. I mean, that was, that was, but I guarantee you that was exercising some stuff for everybody. You know what I mean? And it felt like he just, just got that out for everybody because man, that stuff was real. And it's like, Hey man, this is going to be a holler for all of us, you know, boom, let's get that out. And so it was loud. I mean, that was so loud. And when he hit the wall with that bat, it broke. That was absolutely 100% real. And it, I didn't even realize they were shooting. I was like, is he going to be okay? They're like, no, that's part of the scene. I was like, wow. That was I a moving it. part of the experience too. So, we talked about some of the serious stuff and all that. What was it like? Were you able to hang out with these guys, Harrison Ford? Were you able to chat with Chad at all, you know, on your downtime? Like, what were the experiences like with them? How did they treat you? You know, were you able to interact outside of the filming part? Well, Chad was very receptive of, of um, baseball skill from the baseball players. Chad wasn't a baseball player. Chad had to be out there months before we started shooting to learn how to slide to learn how to swing and run like Jackie. I mean, you know, and so he was, so we would be in the dugout. You're just waiting, you know, just like a baseball team waiting on practice to start. And Chad would be there and he would just be standing there talking to us, you know, and we'd be talking baseball or, you know, talking small talk. And, but he would let some of the guys show them stuff, you know, like, Hey, here, instead of, cause you know, if you're trying to act, it can come off as mechanical if you're not privy to those movements and he was so down to earth about learning. He's like, teach me. And so, you know, we would, we would do that off camera a lot. And just, you know, I will say this before Harrison got there, um, they do this on all of these. Cause they did the same thing with McConaughey on, on, we are Marshall. They said, Hey, you know, uh, Harrison Ford will be here in a couple days. He's going to stay in his RV, like, you know, don't bug him. You know, if he says something to you, it's fine, you know, and absolutely don't have a, a camera out, you know, don't be taking pictures of him. It's funny because that's Han Solo to me. <laughs> I'm like, I grew up with Star, Big Star Wars. Wars guy, I'm like, yes. dude, I, I text my dad. I said, dude, Han Solo just got here in the Millennium Falcon. And so, <laughs> and so, and so he pulls up and uh, they're like, don't take pictures. And so, you know, I kind of meander over and we're at um, we're at the triple A stadium for the um, Chattanooga lookouts. Um, so it was it Inglefield, I think Chattanooga lookouts. That's where they turned that into Ebbets field. They made that look like the Brooklyn Dodgers field. And so a lot of a lot of his scenes were there and they were like, you know, don't bug him. But I, I was like, I got to go over here. So I went over and I sat down in a seat. He's And I have the picture in my phone. And he's about 10 feet away. And he's talking to the director in his, like, um, costume for the for the scene. And I just took my phone like this. I kind of <laughs> sat back and I, I, like, got a shot of him because that's Han Solo. And I'm not going to just let him come and go. Um, but I was in a scene with him, too. So one of the cool things about this film, if I can go back, Sure. So Absolutely. I lost my job right before that started, my real job, and I needed work. Well, my speaking part, you know, and just the the scenes with, I mean, that ended up taking about two weeks. And so I was like, I got to figure out work, though, for the rest of the summer. I would love to just work in the movie. I mean, I'll be in the crew. Can I just work out here somewhere? 
And so I asked the baseball director, the guy that choreographed all the scenes, I just flat out asked him, I said, hey, can you use me when I'm done with my speaking part? Can you just use me as a baseball player? He goes, no, nobody's ever really asked me that. That's a principle. Because I think he assumed, I think he thought I was an actor, not a baseball player. But I went out there as a baseball player and just happened to get cast as a principal. And I said, no, sir. I said, I need to work. I said, I don't have a job after this. I said, and he said, i tell you what. And I, I was there early and I hustled and I, you know, we did a spring training thing with the Chicago Cubs, like baseball staff. They came out and did this whole like six week workout with us where we did like what like major league players do at training camp. And so, I mean, I grinded it out for, for the film and he saw me do that. And uh, he said, you know, you've been a hustler this whole time. He said, absolutely. He said, I tell you what, I'll put you in a Montreal Dodgers uniform. I'll let you play catcher in that, but you'll just always have your mask on so they can't see because your face is on screen in the Philly stuff. So I was the catcher in the Montreal scenes. He let me stay out there and paid me. I think we were making just as baseball players, maybe three fifty, three seventy five a day just to do the baseball scenes. So, and the, the principal stuff was a lot more than that, but the, he let me stay out there and work for two months as a background player when the other scenes were over just so I could have income. I mean, that was so cool. That's and awesome. you know what? That guy has, has cast sports movies and been, he lives in LA. His name is Alan Graff. He played, he played uh offensive line for the USC Trojans and got into TV and film out there in LA. We still talk to this day. And he calls me every now and then, hey, Scott, how you doing? And like, I'm nobody, y'all. I'm just a guy, you know, and this guy, you know what, though? It's like he 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 saw my grind and he rewarded that because I'm not some guy that's just come going to come out here and be lazy. I'm going to come out here and get after it. And so he let me work on that film as a background guy all the way to the pretty much the end. And it it more than sufficed for the job loss and paid us on into the next year and you know, I got a royalty check in the mail the other day from 42, just from that. It's the coolest thing ever for that to happen to, to our You family. can probably thank us because we all went back and watched the movie again this past week. Oh, God, yeah, I think they cut the check off of that viewership alone. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's one of my more f- favorite movies. But, uh, yeah, I definitely went back and watched it again just, just to uh, – <laughs> be brushed up with everything for today. You know, so. my favorite part in that movie is the opening scene. I just love it because Branch Ricky's sitting there and here comes Chad. They finally ran Chad down. They ran Jackie down. They get him in the office and, you know, Branch Ricky's, you know, kind of grinding on him. He's like, you know, listen here, you black SOB. And, you know, and when you're watching that, you're like, whoa, and, and, and he tries to get him riled up and he go and Chad goes, you want me to have the guts to fight back? Is that what you're asking me to do? And he goes, no, I want you to have the guts not to fight back. He said, and be a fine gentleman. He said, and turn the other cheek, like our Lord and savior, turn the other cheek. And I'm telling you, that is just what everybody needs to hear. I mean, even today, you know, turning the other cheek and not, you know, he goes, if you return a curse with a curse, that's what they want. But you got to turn the other cheek and just be a fine gentleman and a fine baseball player. And that's just what Jackie was. And to be a fly on the wall in that, and it's just unbelievable. 
experience for me. That's awesome. So, so you kind of answered my question. What did this movie experience mean to you? Like how big a part of your life is it? Like, I know this is probably something you're going to take with you forever. You know, obviously you can't, you can't deny that part, but what in general, like how big of a part of your life was this? It was a huge part. Um, you know, financially, I'll just be honest with you. When you're a principal at right there in that, I mean, those big A-list guys the, the financially, they're, they're knocking down, you know, tons, but Speaking parts like that, I mean, you're talking every day about 1500 bucks a day, you know, every single day that you're on film. And, you know, that's a good little payday. And then you get a little cut, you know, you get a little, you know, you get a royalty right after that's pretty good. And then, you know, over time that kind of shrinks down as, as the popularity goes away. But, you know, at the time that, that fulfilled a financial need and then some for us to be able to do that and then to stay out there. But honestly, y'all, I love baseball and I love that Jackie pioneered something for our country and for baseball. I mean, he changed, he changed, he changed everything. I mean, you know, I grew up in Atlanta. Hank Aaron does not show up if you don't have Jackie Robinson, you know, right. you don't have Hank Aaron. You, you don't even have guys to have the courage. Jackie just gave him the courage to come on over, you know, and open the door to changing a sport and a country. And for me, to answer your question, Aaron, to be a part of telling that story, even though it was a small part, that's one of the coolest things of my life, and it will always be. I mean, that's still fresh in my mind as one of the greatest things I've ever been a part of. I couldn't believe it. And just the way that came together, I mean, if just if I don't get laid off that Friday, I don't – I'm not – answering an email for an audition for a movie i mean just all that stuff and then it's you know right down the street and then you know i happen to look like andy simonick i mean all this stuff and then you know and then you then you got to beat 20 guys out just to get that i mean and you know the little bit that i do know about tv and film because i did work in it you know I, I was in stuff some other stuff i was a football player in another movie with um uh ben stiller and um uh, Vince Vaughn called the watch. There's a couple of football scenes in that. So, you know, I was on, you know, some sets and, you know, got to do a lot of cool things because of that film. So to answer your question, honestly, it, it did change my life, you know, for, you know, just the sentimental part and then the, the, the financial part. I mean, I got, I got into working on TV and film on the crew side because of what I learned from it. And I got, I got um, into the union here in Atlanta so that I could do that stuff and got in and worked on TV and film just from what I learned from being there. You know what I mean? So, I mean, just little stuff like that, it changes your life for me anyway. So precursor to 42, not many people realize this either. I don't think we touched on this yet, but you were telling us how you were in we are Marshall. So tell us a yeah. little bit about that experience too. And then we'll jump into some other questions. We yeah. Man, yeah. I was a fireman back in the early 2000s here in Georgia, and I was on a day off and heard a little promo, come down to the Atlanta airport for a Matthew McConaughey football film. If you can still play football or, you know, if you're not playing college ball right now and your eligibility won't get messed up, you know, come on out. And so I went down, and my gosh, there were 150 dudes in line. I was like, I'm not getting this, you know. And so I get up there, and uh, 
had a conversation with the casting director. It's kind of the same. He's like, Hey, you look good. You look the part, you, you know, you look athletic and, you know, you know, tell me your story. And I, I mentioned that I had knee surgery and he, that kind of made the guy stop. He goes, did you get your knee fixed? And I said, yes, sir. And he goes, well, I tell you what, I want you to try out tomorrow and do like a combine type tryout, but I need you to prove that you got your knee fixed. And so I brought back a little form for my doctor that, uh, the next day and they let me run the 40. They let me do cone drills and some just stuff that you would see like at the NFL combine. And they cast me from that into the film as a linebacker for Marshall. Now, if you're familiar with the movie, the pre-plane crash Marshall, they all died in the plane crash. Mm-hmm. Okay. The plane crashes and the, 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 the conflict in the movie is this. In 1970, freshmen couldn't play college football. They had to be older. Well, we had to petition the NCAA to let freshmen play or we don't have a team. So the whole thing was we, we don't want to quit football. Well, the athletic director for Marshall, was his heart wasn't in it. He didn't even want to go find another coach. He didn't want to go petition the NCAA. And, and our star player, Nate Ruffin, um, uh, Nate Ruffin is, was played by – um, oh, what's that guy's name? I'm not going to ramp. He's a big famous guy. I can't remember his name. Anyway, Nate Ruffin goes and, and galvanizes the school and galvanizes the athletic director. And he's like, you have got to go find a coach and you got to go get us to play and you got to get freshmen to play. And so they went out and found, found coach Lingo, which was played by Matthew McConaughey. And anyway, um, I got cast as a linebacker in that and played football all Basically, that was a summer shoot as well in Atlanta. Um, they turned uh, they turned um, one of the local black colleges in Atlanta to make it look like Marshall University. So all those game scenes was shot there, and uh, I think it was Clark Atlanta, I think. And so you know that was so cool. I didn't know anything about TV and film, and I just every day Matthew McConaughey was our coach. I mean, we weren't even allowed to call we weren't allowed to call him Matthew. We had to call him or McConaughey or anything like that. We had to call him Coach Lingell or Coach, and he treated us like players. He'd call us up. He'd say, take a knee, man, and he'd address us, and we just treated – he treated us like his team. And uh, we had a just unbelievable summer doing that. The contacts I made off of that led to everything that I mentioned in TV and film came from We Are Marshall. And, you know, I, honestly, guys, I, I tried. I gave it my a go. I tried. I ended up reading for the Hunger Games. I read for the Vampire Diaries TV show. And, you know, I got I landed a few little things here and there. But my wife and I, we had a pact. We said, if you haven't landed a big enough payday to kind of pay for us so that you can audition more. Like the, the big thing with acting is you have to be willing to starve. I mean, you got to go to, you know, 20 auditions a week to get one that's going to be, you can't go to two auditions a week and think you're going to make it. It's just, you're not going through the, the numbers game enough. Right. And so we were like, if, you know, if by this day you haven't, you know, gotten a big enough payday to kind of allow you to go and audition way more then we'll just, you know, call it, call a timeout on that and just go do a real job again. And so, that day came and we had a little child and uh, our firstborn son at the time. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to starve my wife and kid. I would starve myself. It was just me, but I'm not doing that to them. So I better go get a real job. So anyway, um, uh, 
didn't mean to ramble there, but um, We Are Marshall kind of led to kind of all that stuff. And it's just been really cool to be just a fly on the wall and some really cool stuff. As I like to view myself as a man of the people. I'm just an old, you know, an average guy, just like anybody else. But I got to do some really cool stuff because of that. And now look at you you're on the NDT Sports Show. <laughs> the pinnacle of life is right here, guys. Made it big. Made it big just, just because he's the on the pinnacle team. of life was to get asked to do this. I rearranged my whole day to get on this thing. It was great. <laughs> I'm so glad you did that. Because oh, I, absolutely, I was, man. This I was telling the guys, I was so excited when you responded and, and we got this going. And we've been back and forth about this. I mean, this is a hobby for us. We don't get paid for any of this. And it's we're back and forth all week, every day plotting chatting you know what can we do how can we get more people on who can we so when, when you came on like all right what are we going to ask him what we're we going to talk about so this has just been a really cool you know mm. 45 minutes that we've had so far um i'm going to open it up guys in chat anybody that's watching if you have questions for scott you know throw them up there we're going to move on to our um sports show itself and scott's going to hang with us talk some football yeah i really love his opinion he has of josh allen so i definitely want to touch <laughs> on that but yeah. um He's, <laughs> he's so scott like i said you're more than welcome to stay with us the rest of the time um our viewers like to comment and you know we ask to answer their questions the best we can so if you see something you want to touch on feel free to interject and throw it in there you'll be our special guest yeah, sure. not yeah i'll, I'll jump in there and if uh you know if i have a if i got a kid running through the house and i need to go attend to kid stuff i'll jump off but yeah i hey i'm a athletics and sports run through my blood I, I have an opinion about a lot of it so maybe i can add to the show <laughs> absolutely for sure marky, marky you want to take over and we'll start with well, the football well i mean the thing is 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 aaron do you know who's leading in our picks for for uh <laughs> <laughs> listen did you get anything right yesterday aaron wait no almost, almost no, got the second i almost no. got the second game right almost I've listened at this point. I have to pick game, against though. you to win. Good. It was a great game. We're talking about 49ers Packers, obviously, last night. Let's uh let's hit the the Ravens and the Texans first. All right, let's chick chat about that. Uh Mark, what are your thoughts on the game? What did you uh, what did you see? I know you guys were worried about uh them letting the Ravens rest, letting the starters rest for a couple of weeks. Um I just think NFL or football in general, because that's where I have. I know you and Scott here has your – I mean, Scott did play some some football, but that's where you have your baseball backgrounds. Um, but football, it's just a whole nother, whole nother thing. It's just it's what it takes – the toll it takes on your body. And I think the rest helped those guys. And I know you guys are worried because uh, being Braves fans, like Scott and I both are too, and uh, Corey here uh, – I think the rest hurt us when for when the Braves went to the playoffs. Where the oh, NFL, I think it works. Them. I think the NFL, it works the opposite. Can I speak to that? Absolutely. Sure. Let me let me add for? They've got it now, so that if you win your division division in baseball, that's like a penalty. No I doubt. mean, you go you go sit down for a week, and then you got like a Philly that's grinding through. You know, just playing competitive baseball. They win, a, they win a series, and, you know, they're hot. And it, Atlanta's got to try to rise back up to that intensity level. And they're just getting run off the field because they won their division. I mean, I almost want Atlanta to just be a wild card now and mm -hmm. then just play competitive baseball all the way through. But, you know, it's like you don't want to go through the season like that. You want to blow everyone out. But they got to yeah. figure out how to 
format it so that the they it used to be the reward was for the division winner. I mean, it, they made it easy for them to kind of advance. Now it's like Penalized. difficult to advance. You know? Absolutely. Yep. Anyway. But yeah, Chris, like Chris uh, Opie just said, uh, Ravens looked a little rusty in the first half. It did. It, they definitely started off slow. Um, but uh, I was talking with a couple of guys because we went out for my wife's birthday yesterday. Um, and football is such a team sport. But man, Lamar, he's just he's a beast. Lamar Jackson a sh- is just a beast. He I know one man doesn't make a team, but man. I'll give a shout out to his offensive line yesterday. They gave him all the time in the world to do whatever the hell he wanted. Whatever he that dude on that game yesterday. Who, who do you guys think is going to win the MVP? You think, I think you, think, you think Jackson? I think I think Jackson's going to win it. Um, I think Allen has think a good just, case for it, but so, I think Jackson Jackson's going to win it. You think McCaffrey's got a shot? In San Francisco, two thousand yards from scrimmage. Path he should. He should. Yeah, he should. But yeah, I, I just don't be think so many people in that conversation. Purdy, I, McCaffrey, yeah, and everybody's looking at Lamar Jackson because of where he's at with the team. And I mean, he's the most valuable player to that team, no doubt. But yeah, I think yeah. the, the problem on is Allen we, is just turnovers. We yeah. talked about this. Uh, I think the problem is is it should be most outstanding player instead of most valuable player because most yeah. valuable people. What's the most valuable position in sports? Most people think it's the quarterback of the NFL team. So when you yeah. put it as most valuable player, people are going to go to quarterback, and it's going to be yeah. a quarterback award. Yeah. So I think if they made it most outstanding player, other players like yeah. Micah Parsons and any defensive players in the uh, in the league, TJ Watt, those yeah. guys, or Christian McCaffrey would stand a chance to win it. But as yeah. value goes. Yeah. Yeah. The NFL kind of deifies the QB. Mm-hmm. You know, they just, you know, they, they create the rules around them and they know what they're doing. It's it, they know that the QB is what puts butts in the seats for the most part. And it's a business. And that bottom line is going to be good when you got that QB up standing upright and they're going to just put his face on every cereal box. But you're right, man. I mean, you know, I was looking at the Texans. Um, if we can talk about them for one second, I was looking at their roster. They got in one draft. They got C.J. Stroud, they got um, they got Will Anderson in pick two and three, and then in the third round they get C.J. Um, uh, what's that line? The, their middle linebacker, the Texans yeah, um, from Alabama, C.J. Um, anyway, they got that guy. They got they got him and they got those three guys in one draft. And, and here I'm looking at the Atlanta Falcons draft, who, which are terrible, and I don't even want to bring the Falcons up. But the Texans, man, they had a loaded roster. And for the Ravens to run through them like that, it's unbelievable. Who do you think the Falcons' next head coach is going to be? Man. Who do you want? I mean, if Belichick wants to come get in this hey. mess, he can. But here's all I ask. Belichick, Justin. if you sign, please, oh, please, take over the draft and do all of it. Our draft strategies are terrible. The Falcons will watch a guy float by, float down the river to another team, and then overdraft the next guy. Just, you know, Bill Chicks won eight Super Bowls. Like, he knows how to draft. The Falcons do not know how to draft. Please take over the draft, sir, if you come <laughs> to Atlanta. <laughs> I just worry because he uh, – it feels like the GM in – the GM Belichick and the Patriots kind of let him down. Um, a little bit as of late, 
Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, right, yeah. you know, we need we need Belichick to come in and get a quarterback and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, mold him and get, you know, somebody playing that position well in Atlanta because they tried to make uh, Ritter that, and they got Ritter in the third round from Cincinnati. I mean, Ritter ran a 4-4 at the, at the combine. He's the fastest quarterback in the combine. But honestly, watching him, dude, he plays like – he runs a four nine. He doesn't have good game speed. And if you're going to run a four four, at least create things with your legs. If you're not a good passer, and he didn't even do that, so we got to overhaul that if they're going to do Billichick and and get another quarterback in here. Who do you think is going to be the coach of the year? Who do you think? I think D'Amico Ryan's man did a great in Houston. I love. I love. I mean, I know he was an Eagle for a little bit and a Niner before that. I know they're talking uh, the Cleveland coach too for coach of the year, but uh, yeah, I like Ryan, Ryan's Ryan's because if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong. The Texans were terrible. Were they terrible last year? They were bad. They weren't that good. No, they, yeah, yeah they, they had CJ Stroud. They had the number two they pick got the, I think, in the draft. But he yeah. took the, the two pick, the three pick, and then some of these other guys and brought them back up to, you know, you know, almost playing for the AFC Championship. I mean, yeah, he's got to be. Up there in the discussion, D'Amico Ryan's. <laughs> Justin likes a- AP. I don't think he had enough time. I don't think Antonio Pierce had enough time in Raiders to to be considered for for the coach of the year. Uh, that would be Justin. an interesting thing, though, if an interim coach was named coach of the year. Well, he got hired. He got AP got well, hired. He's, now. he's hired now, but I'm saying that his season's over. So if he's officially the interim coach and got coach of the year, I think that'd be cool yeah. as hell. Absolutely. So. So, uh, real quick, before we go too much farther, Aaron, do you want to tell uh, everyone what our bet has has been since we are doing? No, please, Scott. We're doing me. Scott. We're doing a a little pick'em challenge, you know, amongst the the hosts here. Corey jumps in on it, um, but the main bet is between Aaron and I. So now we're gonna do a Royal Rumble. I don't know if you watch wrestling at all. We're gonna do a Royal Rumble. Special. Yeah, I grew up. I grew up watching. I don't watch it a ton anymore, but man, so, I used to love I'm the it. same way. <laughs> so. The loser of this bet of this pick'em gets three deed through a table into a snowbank because we're both old and we need to, uh, you know, the Dudley boys. I don't know if you remember those, but we yep. were going back. We were going back and forth about what to do for the winner. Yeah, and uh, the loser gets three deed through a table. I think we're gonna try to bring Corey in see if someone. But here's the cool part: <laughs> whoever has to pick my ass up is gonna lose. I'm not small. <laughs> So you I'm a personal trainer, bro. I got you. I got pick you. Me up and someone's <laughs> got to land with me in the snowbank through this table. Guys, oh yeah, Corey. So that this is not going to go well. Nothing Corey, about you can, this is going to end well. You can volunteer to film it if you don't want to participate, but this is what we decided on. <laughs> oh, oh here comes Justin. In. Here we go. <laughs> if Mark, if Mark froze you up, I will go through the table with you. Oh, there oh, we go. Yes. We're set. All right, because right now, work. right now, just so uh, Scott knows, I'm up three in the pickums with uh, what five games. Now, are you just picking season? straight up, or are you picking against yeah. the spread? Straight up, straight, straight up. up. We're, we're picking straight yeah. up, and we're just going with who we think is going to win. And yep. you know, it's funny because last week we were talking about this was Packers Cowboys. Mark actually talked me into picking the Cowboys, and I was going to pick the Packers, but he's like. You know they haven't lost at home. They're you know the Cowboys are a good team at Luck home. I hate the Cowboys. Luck or bet, man. He ju- he sucked me right in. I was like, Shit. the Cowboys are terrible in the playoffs. Dak did yeah. Dak thing. Well, they won a game they, in this big Cowboys. Have they when's the last, last year game they won? Last year they won one. <laughs> they won a game finally. Finally, yeah. Yeah, I think it took like twenty years. But, but they've I taken their, their name and they've taken their <laughs> name and turned it into a verb. 
Oh, well, cowboy. Here we yeah. go. <laughs> Cowboying. Right. Yeah, the cowboy. I love how the Cowboys aren't even uh, down, uh, Texas's team anymore. Because no. Houston has more playoff wins in the last 26 years than the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. That state is flipped. Definitely. That, that has. All right. So let's move on to the other game here. Let's go back. Um, what was it? The 49ers Packers. We talked about that. 49ers Packers. Let's hit it. That was, that was a great game to watch, man. Entertaining. I, I, we were bar hopping a little bit for my wife's birthday. Um, yep. That was a great game to watch. Uh, I was one of the guys I was hanging out with, Sammy and Janito, that we, that we play softball with. Yep. Um, he was there with us and I told him, I'm like, listen, what's going to happen here is, uh, love is going to throw a pick and, and I, I love, I love what love is doing. And I, man, yeah. the Packers, the Packers going from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to Jordan love. They, I don't know what they have, but they've been picking the right guys and, uh, Packers are going to do some damage. Just like I think Houston's going to do some damage in the future. I think they were both ahead of the game that they weren't quite ready to be in the stage yet, but, um, that was a hell of a game to watch yesterday. I don't know. What do you think, Aaron? It was very entertaining. Um, back and forth was was exciting. I don't know where the hell he was throwing that ball at the end of the quarter yesterday. I mean, he got two minutes left. He had some timeouts, and he just threw it into a sea of red. So it was almost stupid to my part. Like, dude, just throw the ball out of bounds or run, go down, whatever. Yeah, he had some he, time left. So he's, he's trying to he's trying to give his receiver a chance to make a play or maybe get an interference or something. But yeah, that was that that wasn't there. There was nothing there on that pass. Being an athlete myself, it's so hard to say that these guys try to do too much because you know, being an athlete yourself, you want to do it all. You want to do every single thing you can. But sometimes the smarter play is to do just that: throw it away, do nothing, live for the next play. Especially in the NFL. Yeah, one of the things too, you know, as a football player, you know, growing up, and I played quarterback, some the coach would say, "Hey, it's, it's okay if we punt." You know, don't turn the ball over on third down. Don't turn it over. You know, if, if we need to punt, we'll play defense. But mm-hmm. a lot of times the guy's trying to move the chains and, and just putting, you know, putting the ball out there for anybody to, to get it and end up making a turnover and just, just hey, live to punt and go play defense, you know. Absolutely. You know? But that was a great game, though, to watch. That, it that was, was very entertaining. It, it, it was back and forth. And, and the picks that I made weren't picks that I want. I wanted to see the Packers win that game. And uh, the, I wanted to see Houston win that game, but um, I like winning this bet more. So, well, from I, now on out, you're making your picks first. I, I, I have been, I have been because yeah, I'm too but, scared. But and I was telling the guys like I almost have to pick against you at this point anyway because I'm down. <laughs> I'm down three games. So I got a question for you, Northern guys. T- tell me this: talking Good. about these games, you got Tampa playing at Detroit. And if I'm not mistaken, Detroit plays in a dome now. Is that right? Yes. They, they've always had a dome. Why would you, as a Northern team, having that going for you, take that off the table and let yourself play inside when all these – everybody knows Northern teams, when you play at their stadium, they have the advantage over – especially mm-hmm. the teams in the South. It's like Tampa gets to play Detroit inside. I mean, yeah. do you guys see that as being as leveling the playing field there? We talked this about was, this a little bit last week too, but, exactly. but with uh, the Bills game because I don't know if you saw that Bills game. They had two feet of snow. Yeah, and fans doubling the stadium out. <laughs> yeah, twenty dollars an hour. Yep, but twenty dollars I mean, an hour. They got a lot and of things. Still, 
they that got lost in translation with that was it was more a state of emergency that was declared so people couldn't get mm-hmm. to the stadium. It wasn't that they wouldn't play in the elements. It was they couldn't get there. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, the NFL is going soft. Like It was travel restrictions that were in place by the government in New York State. So, But I understand your point. Why would you take the elements away from that? You know, Because, I mean, yeah, you get Tampa I mean, to come up there and Tampa freeze their shot. ass off. You're giving Tampa yeah. a shot. They got a real yeah. shot. And Baker Mayfield, I mean, he thinks he can beat anybody. That guy's got a lot of confidence, and they, they may go up. And I would say this. If that game's outside, they have no shot to win. A team yeah. from Tampa playing outside in the zero degrees, they're not winning. But they they have a chance now, I think. Baker's a free agent, so he's playing like he has no, no future. Playing you know, so like life. he's playing for his future, so he playing can. For his so he can dangerous. Yep, he's dangerous right now. And he had just like the replacements movie. You know, like you you, you were playing for the, no tomorrow because right now there is no tomorrow for him. Shame I tell you what, he was on a Johnny Manziel yep. trajectory. I mean, that guy mm-hmm. was Johnny Manziel 2.0, and he like got a yep. resurgence, and now he's on he's on the cusp of really. I mean, I think they go into Detroit and play them hard. I mean, because of this the the dome thing. I don't know, man. They may go up there and surprise some people. Well, I mean, Baker has those two receivers, Mike Evans and uh, Godwin. They're nasty, man. They're, They're they good. are. They're I, I mean, I, being They're an Eagles fan, they, they lit us up. I mean, our Eagles defense of the last six weeks quit. But um, yeah, I but know. yeah, they. What happened to the Eagles? That I mean, they got all those former Bulldogs on there. You're gonna they make me cry. They got Jordan Davis. They got all the, the defensive line. They got. Let me ask you: Did Nicobe Dean get hurt? Or did he just not perform well enough to play? I, I, I think he got he got hurt. He, he, he was in work. and out of the lineup. Yeah. So the whole team didn't perform well enough yeah. to play. Oops, yeah. like, like Aaron in the bedroom. But um... <laughs> all right, so uh, Marky, let's hear your pick for today's game. Uh, okay, so for Lions Bucks, Lions Bucks. Um, it's hard. I'm going back and forth because um, the Lions pass D is suspect. Their run D is nasty. Their pass defense is suspect. And the Bucks since week 13 have only allowed 15 points per game um, since week 13. So they've been playing lights out that defense. Um, I think I'm going with my heart, though. I want to see the Lions win. So I'm – and I'm, I'm hoping they pull pull it off. And I'm picking the Lions. I'm going with the Lions over the Buccaneers um, for the first game. Again, straight up. I'm not sure what the line is. I think it was only like Lions three or three. The, Three, right? The, the Lions are giving up six. Oh, six? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so they're, they're that's a lot for for like you said in the dome with the Bucks, man. That's six points is so that's why we we don't we've been avoiding the spread. We're, we'll eventually yeah, get there. We're gonna yeah. do a whole betting thing, I think, for it's, yeah. Um, yeah. but we're doing straight up. So I'm I'm taking the Lions. Well, <laughs> I hate to be this guy because I'm probably gonna lose this one, but I'm gonna take Tampa. I think that. As everybody's saying, Baker Mayfield is just on a mission right now. And I really think he does some good things today. So I'm going to take Buccaneers. Corey, you want to jump in and give your pick? or Yeah, Corey, let's go, man. Justin, you too. Well, this one's tough for me because I was the only one on the show that thought that uh, Baker Mayfield could do anything in the playoffs and be a little bit scary. Um, But I, I feel the magic in Detroit. I feel something magical. They might not win the Super Bowl. They might not win the championship game, but I think they're going to play hard for their team, for their city, for their fans. I think that I think they're going to pull it out. It's going to be another close one, but they're going to pull it out. I love that coach too. I love Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell's great. I'm going with Detroit just because it's at home. 
just because they're at home, and that place was so loud last week. Now they get another one. The Cowboys debunked that theory. (laughs) (laughs) The Cowboys, Cowboys. Yeah, but but that stadium doesn't get get loud like Detroit does. Scott, those fans are passionate. Scott, Scott, you're out of the bet, so you don't have to worry about getting 3D'd. But what do you what do you think? (laughs) I wouldn't want to 3D him anyway. It's been it's been 32 years for the Lions, and that city just needs something to pull for. I think that place is going to be nuts. I think they're giving by being inside, they're giving people like the Bucks a chance, whereas otherwise they wouldn't have a chance. It's going to be a close game, but if you want to go straight up. The Lions are going to win that one straight up. I'll, I'll you know, they're going to win by a field goal. They're going to beat them and move on to the I, championship. I also like Goff that he um, and he's finding a second career there, uh, a second going, and he has the experience. He's been to a Super Bowl, so hopefully his, for them, hopefully his leadership will help lead that team to know the success and know how to win. I mean, you got a former tight end head coach of them, and that guy's a fiery guy, and those players mm-hmm. love to play for him. And, I love him. That you know, you love that dynamic about Detroit, and you kind of just you know pull for them. You, you want them to, mm-hmm. you know, back in the day when they had Barry Sanders, you wanted them to be better so you could see him mm-hmm. play more. You know, yeah. let's see Barry Sanders run through the playoffs a little bit. They, we got to see it like once, I think. So you're pulling for the Lions for that reason. I miss that guy. I love just, just like uh, just like for Mike Trout, you want to see Mike Trout more, you know, like in baseball and show him. Well, show him might have a chance now. And, Dude, he's he's right. the greatest. He's All the right. greatest player in the game that nobody knows. I mean, it's like they they don't, you know, they have a losing record. Shout out to him. He's an Eagles fan too, so he's at all the Eagles. That's games. right. He's a Philly guy. Isn't he? Is he from? He's from Philly. That's right. He's yeah. From Philly, right? Yep. 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 All right. Lisa, Detroit has a stout run game and good hands at receiver and tight end. So. That's what Lee, Lee, I think, is going with Detroit. So, Jared, Jared and his AI, he loves this shit. I love Jared it. loves this AI, man. He's so good at that. I want to see what he comes up with for this one. All right, so Mark, this is going to be a tough game. Oh my god, this is the game. <sighs> to me, this is more important than next week, and that's just my opinion. I think this is going to be a heavyweight battle. Um, I'm going to pick my team first because you already know I'm going to go with the Bills because I have to. This is going to be a nail-biter. I'm not even excited to watch this. I'm going to be stressed the fuck out. Oh, man. So this is – I've been going back and forth. I'm still trying to decide what, what team I'm going to pick. Um, I want to see the Bills win. I want to see Allen do great. Uh, what scares me is Josh Allen has 45 turnovers in the last 38 games. You cannot give the other team in the playoffs he tries uh, the ball. He try he does what we were just saying. Um, the fact that the Bills have a little bit short rest, they played Monday night. Um, that's killing me. And the fact that the Bills have been playing the playoff games for the last like six weeks, <laughs> you know, trying yeah. to just get into the playoffs. Um, at some point, I'm worried that that's going to take its toll. Mm-hmm. You have to win. I'm worried. I'm not saying that's not a, but I'm worried. And the fact that the Chiefs rested their players week 18. Sorry, my dog's barking. My my wife must be That's getting home, so I don't know if you guys hear that. But uh, a little bit. We are, so I'm going to yeah. scale back. I think so, I'm worried. That's that's what I'm worried. I, I still haven't made my pick yet. When they played early on the season, it was shit teams. They played like garbage. When they had the pressure on them, they played well. So now that the pressure's on them, and since they again they changed their offensive coordinator, they've been clicking. I mean, the, the game last week was a little closer than I thought it should have been. Too, they should have done much more. You know, Allen, as many turnovers as he has, the dude is a machine. He's got all the rushing yards, the passing yards, 
40 touchdowns, four straight seasons. Like the guy is an animal. So we'll let Scott give his take and Mark will give you a little more time to think about this. I love Josh Allen, man. To me, he's the best quarterback in the game. You got to play at Buffalo. I mean, better than I know, I know it's cold in KC too, but man, you got to go play in Buffalo. Orchard Park's going to be nuts. I mean, KC's used to playing and all that, but you got a 6'5, 240 pound quarterback that can run the ball better than any running back on the field. I mean, the play breaks down. He can he can move the chains. I mean, he's durable. He can throw it. He's a proven winner. I mean, I think Buffalo's going to the Super Bowl. So I mean, oh. they're, they're beating KC. They're beating Love KC. This guy. Yes, Jared. Thank you. Thank you. You could text me that picture. Buffalo, dude. Buffalo's got they phone. gotta win one to get rid of that that four, the four in a row where they didn't. You know, yeah. they gotta they gotta have another documentary than that one that they put out there that they were talking about all those losses back in the day i just you, what <laughs> no um my wife just put a comment chat on here she's locked out of my house i'll be right back up guys i'm sorry to <laughs> <laughs> leave her outside reality, give her the code <laughs> reality bites <laughs> okay justin's gonna step in go ahead we'll buddy. replace an ugly face with an ugly face we're good you have a face Substitute. for radio substitutes baby checking in <laughs> tagging out <laughs> All right, okay, you want so us you want us to I'll give our pick. picks first? Yeah. Let's give our pick. picks first. Okay, so the Chiefs have been the Bills kryptonite lately these past few seasons, man. Uh, but I think the Bills get over that hurdle. I think they finally do it. Uh, like Justin commented in chat, they've been in playoff mode for weeks now. They are fighting for their life every single week. They're just on a roll, and I think they keep that going. I think they're going to beat them. And uh, – I want to say it's going to be a close game, but I think I'm going to take them by at least a touchdown because these playoffs, man, have been a little strange. They've there have not been side. that many close games. It's weird. Justin, Dustin, what are you watching? You got a lot of background. My kids watching TV. Oh, okay. okay. See, she's got um, nothing but professionals here. Nothing. But I don't. No. Here. Corey, Corey, I don't want to upset you either, but they said Taylor Swift may not make the trip to Orchard Park today. Oh, he ran <laughs> he out. Backed out. <laughs> he backed out before. <laughs> so. I'm going to preface this by saying, Aaron, I love you. I want the Bills to win. Jared, get him out of here. But it's the Chiefs Strike three in the playoffs. Yes! They're doing Chief things again, man. I think the Chiefs are going to – it's going to be close, but I think they're going to squeak it out. It's not because I'm honestly – they're like the Patriots to me anymore. I can't stand them. I, think I don't want to see Chiefs- it, but – the Chiefs in the weather, obviously they played a cold game last week. You put them in this weather, in this environment, with this fan base, Mahomes has never played a playoff game on the road outside of the Super Bowl in his career. He's got a, I think he's got a uphill battle today, and I think they are going to torture him. I really think they're going to abuse the shit out of him. Even with all that, the injuries on defense, though, man, didn't you see you lost like two or three more players? Yeah, this week? that's out, my word. They're players too. Like they don't have Tony. They're down some weapons. This so everyone will line up on sides. That's right. They'll help me on sides. <laughs> I know. I think but, this no. is going to be more important than next week's game. Just my opinion. I, Absolutely. I whoever plays this plays the Ravens, and that's going to be a tough out. I think whoever wins this game yeah. goes to the Super Bowl, though. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, don't, I, I think I'm this like is Bills Mafia. I'm rooting for you. I don't think they're going to do it. But you're not sure. Well, and it's so hard to pick against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. It's so hard. But that being said, I am going to choose Bills Mafia for my official pick. Um, maybe that's okay. leading with my heart a little bit. So I'm picking the Bills. 
Um, I'm really hoping it's a blowout today and they just beat the piss out of Kansas City. That's I, my hope. I, I don't see that happening because they're just too good of a team, but I want to see it. Yeah, I, I like I said, it, it, I'm going against everything because I my my heart's more into this pick than because I want to see the Bills. I, and I love Andy Reid being the former Eagles coach. But uh, – and I, I still like Travis Kelsey. I mean, maybe not the Tay-Tay stuff like – um, not like Corey. Not like Corey. Like how much he loves Taylor Swift. Chris, I don't. That, I think they come out with a chip on their shoulder, but I think the way Mahomes is, he might. <laughs> it might get too big. I missed and Corey. Who did you pick? Before my Swifty says anything, Lee, the only bowl that the Baltimore Ravens are going to is the toilet bowl. <laughs> Go ahead. So, They're going down the shitter quick. So. I, I missed uh, Corey because I locked my wife out of my house. Um, who did Corey? Corey Corey went with the Bills. He went with the Bills. So we all I'm very proud of him. And that's when I said that Taylor Swift wasn't coming and he ran away. So. Do you want me to go with the Chiefs just to give you a shot at not getting no, three? No. Okay. I want you listen, I could care less at this point. So if I go through <laughs> I, a table in a snowbank, I do. <laughs> I'm okay I cannot wait. You know I'm crazy. You know I will do anything you ask me to do. So I don't give a shit. So um all right. So we broke that down. I know um we're Wow, we're way over. On, well, not really. We're doing pretty good. No, we, so, we were longer last week. So, Scott, usually what we do, we're kind of new to this still. Like this is our sixth or seventh week in a row that we've been doing this. Um, so we usually do a segment. It's called Know Your Host. So if you think of anything, Mark and I are going to ask each other a couple of questions. And if you can think of something along the lines that we're throwing out there that you want to ask one of us, then feel free to jump in and ask. Um, Mark, oh, you want me to go first this week? Sure. All right. So. Because I'm so prepared for this. Um, yeah, I was prepared for Scott all week, so I didn't really. I did this this morning. <laughs> so, all right. You and, you and I, you and I have to go to one sporting event together. Where are you taking me? Hmm. Hmm. I'll take you. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take you to, to a Bills Mafia game because I want to see you in that environment because I, I, uh, I want to see you let loose, Mr. Mr. Uh, uh, officer so yeah so i'm gonna go way back to being in the conversation yeah i wonder i shook my head with this i saw you guys shaking and Corey put it in private chat and i saw him shaking his head too so scott when you were saying how jackie robinson had to go to work and was afraid for his life of never going home i'm a police officer so i could kind of understand where he comes from the hatred that people have towards you i don't i don't experience it a lot I mean, there's maybe one or two people I've run across in my career that hate it, but more social media posts and things that you see. Yeah, Mark. <laughs> but so I can I can sort of sympathize when a police officer gets shot up or, you know, we had a trooper that was killed over here back in 2016. So I the and he was pretty close to where I work. It was literally like five miles away, the yeah. barracks that he was shot at. So it hit home pretty hard. So when you mentioned that, I saw these guys shaking their heads and I was trying to trying to keep quiet and leave that out of the conversation, but I figured it was the perfect time to address. It was right there. Yeah. Yeah, man. wonder if you're going to come home from work today. I mean, as a cop, you could, that's feasible thought. Baseball, you know, it's like, yeah. Wow. Heads on a swivel constantly. So I understand what the the concept behind it, what he was going through, not to that degree, but I understand it. Yeah, absolutely. I love right. hey, I love our local police. They keep the they keep us safe. So I love you guys, man. That's our job. That's what we do. Amen. Except hey, when you arrest my kid. 
Well, you listen, his kid's my goddaughter. So she told me I'd take her for a drive in the backseat of the cop car. I handcuffed her to her friend. It was awesome. <laughs> she loved every second of yeah, it. She it was, was, it was six, a six year old I had cuffed in the back of the cop car. <laughs> okay. Second question. Pick one. You play golf with the NDT Sports or the NDT podcast crew, the four of us, or you go play softball on a Sunday without us. Oh. Which would you rather do? Well, if we're talking about whether careful, your job's on the line. <laughs> the big bucks. <laughs> um, well, if you're asking what I'd be better at, it'd be no, going no, to play no. softball. What would you what would you rather do? I would rather play some golf with you guys. Uh, okay. the fun like um only if you break another golf club. Um dude, I didn't break it. That was Joe. Daddy Joe. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, the, the memories that I've had with you and a and, uh, couple of times I've gone out with Justin, I think I've gone out with Corey even a couple of times, the, the memories that you have on the golf course besides my golf game, um, because that's absolutely terrible, uh, would be worth, you know, I can play softball anytime. Listen, if we were any good at golf, we wouldn't be on this podcast. We'd be at the Masters, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have a story about the Masters. Can I Go, ahead. Go for it. Got? Let's hear it. So, so – my college girlfriend, um, her dad had the rights to work there. And so he worked on one of the holes. I think it was, um, I'm not sure what no, hole number it is, but it's the one where you, uh, it's that beautiful hole where you hit over the lake. And I think it's called Azalea, maybe. I can't remember. Anyway, he kept the scoreboard on that. And so, we got badges every year that I dated this girl. And uh, so I'm standing in line to get in and there's people from all over the world, you know, wanting to get into this thing. And this guy comes up to me, obviously foreign, had a real thick accent. And he offered me 8,000 bucks for my badge. But here's the thing. If you give that badge away and they find out you get the privileges revoked, especially if they like misbehave, you know, and get like, thrown out or something they find out who that badge belongs to and so i'm sitting there this was in college and i was like dude eight grand for my badge i was like oh man i might <laughs> my, uh, maybe bad. my future father-in-law might kick my butt if i end up getting his badges taken away so i better keep this thing but anyway so I, that's my story about the masters that's pretty awesome just to i've always wanted to go to one just to see what just to go to a Masters. And I, went, I was at that Masters. I went in and Emmett Smith was there. And I said, hey, there's Emmett Smith. And uh, he's walking across the fairway. And I wanted to get his autograph, but I didn't want to be cheesy. And so I kind of went over and I was like, hey, hey, Mr. Smith. I was like, can I trouble you for an autograph? I'm so sorry. He goes, nah, man. He goes, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to cause a big. So he didn't give me his autograph. <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> believe it, actually. I was like, it's kind of not nice, but I get it. I get it. He didn't want people bothering him there. This you got to try. He's a leading rusher in NFL history, you know? Absolutely. This dude read my mind. He must have read my paper. Because my next question for you, Mark, is if you could have one autograph from any person in the world, who would it be? Oh, oh man. Now, now you're actually making me think. Uh, Muhammad Ali. Ooh, okay. I think he, uh, we've talked about, I asked you, your Mount Rushmore of athletes, uh, one of the questions in the past. And I think he'd be on my, my, my Mount Rushmore. Um, to see what that man did in the history. I mean, that was before my time, but um, to read up on it and and uh, 
same kind of thing with Jackie Robinson, you know, like um, what that man went through and what that man did for his beliefs. Um, again, we're not a political show to get into what my beliefs are and stuff like that. That man stood up for what he believed in and faced all adversity. And uh, he's a real hero. And, you know, him and Jackie and yeah. a bunch of other people. Um, Corey said Chipper or Maddox. Yeah, uh, yeah, man. Chipper uh, Jones, that's my favorite baseball player ever. My my Chipper is my favorite my favorite brave of all time. Absolutely, dude. I uh, can go on Maddox. and on about Greg Maddox. Greg Maddox. I get into all these discussions <laughs> online about about the greatest pitcher ever. You want to talk about Maddox? Can I go into this for one second? Can I Absolutely. Maddox Maddox pitched against the steroid era clean. Okay, he was six foot one eighty. He threw ninety one tops. He, he mowed down the major leagues for almost 20 years with movement and changing speeds. He won 355 games, four Cy Youngs in a row. And get this stat now. He walked 999 batters in 5,000 innings, and 170 of those were intentional walks. Intentional walks. Mm-hmm. Now, go just it. wrap oh, your mind around that guy. Fucking incredible. When you, when you consider all things about pitchers and the fact that he never had arm trouble – and he won 15 games like 17 years in a row. I mean, he's got to be the greatest pitcher of his generation, all things considered. He's on my, he was on my Mount Rushmore. That guy's incredible. Yeah. He's an 110%. He's who I idolized as a kid growing up. Mm-hmm. I was a pitcher through high school and college, and I was the same way. I did not throw high heat. I, I modeled my pitching style around Greg Maddox. Mm-hmm. Dude, they'd have a mound. They'd have a meeting on the mound, and he would go, "I'm about to hit this guy's bat three inches bef- bef- above his hands, so that when I see him in the seventh inning, I can hit his bat in another spot, so I can get him out in two weeks." Like, like he would set guys up like that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just incredible. You ever, you ever see that uh, that meme about Maddox? It says I hired Greg Maddox to paint my house, but he only painted the corners. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love, yep. I love that one. Oh what man, about, what about that? What about that one where? It's it's one of his pitches, and the guy I think the guy's a marlin. He throws a ball off the plate about eight inches, and it catches the corner. That two yes. seamer he used to throw just you can't you can't make a wiffle ball nasty. move like that. Nope. No. That two seamer was nasty, <laughs> unbelievable, was incredible. Anyway, incredible. Um, so, so Aaron, you're up. So this is when I was thinking about it earlier in the week. So bottom of the ninth inning, bases loaded, two outs. You need a hit. What batter in any error are you choosing that you'd want up at the plate? Barry Bonds. Justin, you only need a single. You only need Barry, a single. You, Barry you, Bonds. You, you're choosing Barry, Barry Bonds. Bonds. Yep. I don't care steroids or not. That guy was the best hitter I've ever seen. In my opinion, that dude was a monster. That's all right. That that one. Not I wasn't, even. Not even a thought. Other part of the question was going to be: What if you needed a home run? What if it was nobody on, and you were thinking that you need, you need needed a home run? So what, okay. What so man? here's where I'm going to flip the script on this because if it's if you there's nobody on and it's the bottom of the ninth, they're going to intentionally walk Bonds. So then I'm well, going to go with Ken. We're going to take that out of there. They can't intentionally walk anybody. So. I'm going to stick with Barry Bonds. But if I had to pick another player to do it. Ichiro, uh, Lee just put Ichiro, Ichiro in there. Ichiro's a great hitter. Um, another hitter, I would probably go Tony Gwynn because that dude is a hitter. If we need a home run, I'm going to go with Griffey Jr. Good. Ken Griffey Jr. All right, Justin put Jeter. Uh, 
Jeter's clutch, but he wasn't a home run guy, but he did hit home runs when he needed to. But I, th- so, I think that was for the first one. That, yeah. But no, I'm gonna go Bonds. Uh, I don't think I've ever asked you who is your all-time favorite NFL player, like just favorite. Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders. Loved watching. That's a good him choice. Play. Yep. That's and I again, you know me. I'm not the biggest football guy, but whenever I was able to watch him play, I I loved him. Yep, he was fantastic. Yep. If you could play one sport the rest of rest of your life, what sport would you choose? You can play any other ones. But you could actually play. Like you're old now, so. <laughs> so if I could go play golf in Florida for the rest of my life, I'd do it. All right. If Good I was twenty three, if I was twenty three instead of forty three, I'd play baseball. Good but answer. I'll play yeah, golf. I mean, Florida. you're not the shortstop anymore. No, I'm too old for that shit. I can't move like I used to. Last question: If uh, if I hypothetically had a softball team coming back this summer, uh, oh, and I, I needed a player. Are you interested in playing? <laughs> Opie, Opie, are you still in this? Opie and I were talking about this the other day. Chris and I were saying we're going to come back. I'm not going to tell you what we're going to do, but if you are able to throw a team together, I'm on board, and I will definitely play. All right. All right. So, so there we go. I mean, Scott, there, you there got any questions any for sports? us, man? No, man. I love all this stuff. This is good. I, I want. Can I say who my hitter, like if I can have a best Absolutely. Hitter? Of sure. course, I'm a stats guy. I love stats. Like I love looking them up. I mean, I've got so the be- I got these really cool like little at um what this these websites for the stats. I don't know if you guys know these. You probably do. Let me tell you them though, in case you don't. Do you guys know the in a, the um baseball reference for baseball stats? Do you guys mm-hmm. have that? That's the, and then the football reference for NFL, all that stuff. Yeah. Well, if you look on um Hank Aaron's baseball card on there. He's the. Do you know? You guys know he's the third all leading hitter all time. He's in hits. I already know where you're going with this. If you take if you take away it's all of his home runs, runs he's still 3, got three thousand hits. I was yeah. looking at this the other day, and I think about it. Tony Gwynn played for twenty years and had three thousand one hundred something hits. Okay, and you look at a Hank Aaron who only played for twenty three years. You know, only three years more. And he had three thousand seven hundred and something hits. That boggles the mind. I mean, yeah. think about all the guys that play for long periods of time that don't get close to three thousand hits, but we think of them as amazing hitters. I mean, so for me, Hank Aaron, man, let's have Hank Aaron come up, mm. the third most all time. That's and a for great. Me, he's the, and for me, I, I, Aaron, I heard what you said about Bonds, and you don't care about the Roy's and stuff. I mean, I don't care about the steroids if he would just say he did them. Just come right. clean. Be done with it. Dude, just say it. And every America forgives. We forgive and forget stuff. But if you're going to lie and keep it and just ride that thing, you're going to have a lot of people that won't get over that. So for me, I think Hank Aaron's the, the home run king because Bonds won't admit that. But right. So anyway, there he is. Look at there's his stuff right there. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, look at, look, hey. Look at his bot. Look at the bottom numbers. Yeah, he's he's a thirty seven hundred hits. He's a career three hundred hitter. He had seven hundred fifty five bombs, and that RBI number is the most all time ever. Yep. Yep. Unbelievable. No, that's a great answer. That, anyway, that that's, I'm get, hey, that's I'm good. getting dinged by my family. We got to move on. I got to let everybody I, come out of the playroom. <laughs> absolutely. So, listen, man, it was great having you on here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to extend an invite again. When we get closer to baseball season, I'll shoot you a message 
if you want to come in and talk some baseball with us before spring training, I'd love yeah, to have yeah. you back on with us for let's, a shit show. I love baseball. Absolutely. If you guys like stats and stuff, I got. Uh, I would love for you if you're willing to, man. That, thank you again so much for your story for everything. Hey, it was great. Thank you guys. Y'all have a good day and enjoy your football this afternoon. Appreciate the best. it. Guys. Thanks, my man. Appreciate right, you. Thank you. Thank your thank, family right. for us too. <laughs> Seriously. Oh awesome. man, that guy was awesome. He was really cool. All right, I'll leave like, the rest to you guys. All right, I'm gonna no. show. I'm gonna show Mark your mom. Did you see her comment? Yeah, I saw that. I, I was that, trying. This to, was so cool. I, like, to, I didn't realize she was watching, but that's awesome. Yeah, she she told me she was gonna. Uh, she was having some trouble with her uh, laptop, and then she was able to come. Uh, she said, "I got it fixed." So she said she was gonna do it. It's and yes, my, my mom tells me. <laughs> I tell her all the time. I'm like, how, how you know when you walked up uphill both ways and and six inches of snow and used to ride the t-rex's back you know like but uh no she used to tell me all the time some of the things that she dealt with um or she with her dad and stuff like that and my grandfather and and stuff like that she's told me a lot of stories about some things so but no i think that guy was awesome i aaron that was mean that was a lot of work you did that was that was amazing i think he was really really for the show um i was really happy that we made it happen um Get ready so, to yeah. get 3D'd. Um, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> for this. Don't worry. I'm excited to see that too. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna end this on a little bit of nostalgia with you guys. Um, Corey and Justin, thank you for having Mark and I do this. Um, the show today was one of the main reasons shows me that I enjoy this and just. Oh. Although he had a small part in that movie, his story just kind of resonated with everybody, and I was so happy to make this work for everybody. So. I, I love how he put. He was a he was a player and went to yeah. to do that. He wasn't an actor and stuff like that, man. Yeah, but for for us to have the opportunity to do this, and Mark, I told you a thousand times to share it with you, is is fantastic. This is a highlight of my year already, and it's probably going to stick with me for a while because I really enjoyed this conversation with him. So, oh, I love I love doing this. Today was um, I love every episode we do. I love doing this with the guys. I loved when I was on with Corey and Justin by myself before. I got brought on to do the sports. Um, and it, then Corey's other uh, project with Tales of the NICU. I love just doing it and sharing it and yeah. doing, you know. But man, this was one of my favorite episodes so far that we've done. Um, no doubt. Us, you and I. Uh, you know, that man was, was really cool. He was really awesome yeah. to me. I'm looking forward to some of the other guests that we have in the works. And uh, I hope everyone else enjoyed it just as much as I did. Um, and I hope you enjoy going through the table in a couple of weeks. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna have to. Here we go. Here we go. Let's see it. Guess what's coming? Oh, yeah. That's happening. That's. I mean, into a snowbank, but that's happening. I can't wait. The next. We just gotta find someone with the table. So at this point, I don't even care if I win or lose. If I win. I'll still go through the table. I don't care. <laughs> I'm the main but like, I mean, I don't know if one of you guys could pick my big ass up either. So we'll get you up there. Don't worry. You got some muscles, man. I don't know. So. You got you got two guys in chat that have their own little thing going, and uh, maybe they could help you go through a table. Uh, I, I know oh, they, those two. Yeah, the mega mm-hmm. powers will explode the table. For uh, us. I know both yeah. of those. That's actually not a bad idea. You got you no, got two of them. Idea. One to lift you. One to pull you through the table. Yeah, Robbie's gonna great. find us. A, Robbie, you find us a table. <clears throat> Make it safe. I was going to say, listen, 
You gotta do it right. You know yeah, nothing they, about this is safe. You know they yes, but we gotta make it as safe as possible. <laughs> Here we go. Come we, on, shit show. We gotta we gotta cut out the the metal supports in the middle so they don't fucking jab you. Yeah, yeah I don't want to die and get impaled. We're I'll gonna make it as safe on. as we can, but uh... <laughs> something's gonna get broken. The table and something on me. It's okay. Well, it's approved. Oh, approved. approved. <laughs> so. While we're on this, and those two guys are in here, Justin, I know we wanted to do a rumble kind of thing. Are you available at any time tomorrow night to chit chat about this? Because the rumble's Saturday. Yeah, I know. I work tomorrow and Tuesday. I'm off Wednesday and Thursday. And I work Wednesday and Thursday night, but Wednesday, Thursday during the day, I want to get more that out. Unless we just do a quick blurb later on this afternoon before your main show tonight, it's up to you. But I know we wanted to get to that. Unless we just wait and do a big mania show. On the build up to it, you know, we can do that too. But I realized I looked at the calendar, the Rumble's this Saturday. Oh, I thought, yeah, I know. I thought it was a couple weeks, yeah, Yeah, 27th, this Saturday night. So we might have to switch gears a little bit on that and uh, to the do the WrestleMania build up and see where the Rumble goes. So after I beat you and satisfy all the Hulkamaniacs, I'm gonna get off by cranking your knob. Where did you find this shit, Jerry? Oh my god! Awesome. Oh, there was a whole there was a whole the reel I saw the other day with all of those. Oh, there's in the background dying. I love it. Oh him. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but man, today was a great show. Uh, Aaron, oh, thanks for all the yeah. work you put in, job, guys. Oh, oh sure. man, I, I had a blast. It was a great show, man. I got some more irons in the fire. Once they come to fruition, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll you get guys those know. people on too. So awesome, right. awesome. That was a great show today. And uh, let's see how our picks go tonight. Let's go Bills Mafia. Corey, what's the deal tonight? 7 p.m.? What do you got going on? Just a bullshit session? Or what do you, yep. you got? So tonight at 7 p.m., we're going to have our variety show. And we uh, we have a post on Facebook where we have asked our listeners, our viewers, to give us some questions. We're going to do a little bit of a Q&A. It was a slow go at first yesterday, but we got some good questions rolling in for tonight. So. One of the questions one, for tonight, Mark, was actually the, one of the questions I was going to ask you today, so I had to take it off my board, but Corey and I were talking about it. All right, well, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll pop in and maybe hang out a little bit. I don't know. I guess see what's going yeah. on with the wife. We'll see how the Bills game is going. If I'm in a pissy mood and you see me come in, you know it's bad. It's gonna be, uh... Wait, you guys have questions too? Fuck. Oh, oh God, yeah. Plenty for you, bro. It's going to be oh. a lot like last not last night, Friday night's episode where we just we're coming on and we're just shooting the shit. That's what we're doing. Absolutely. Some of those are the best. I think forms. we I think we decided there is gonna be some kind of limit on what we answer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's gotta be limits on everything. But so, yeah, except when it comes to your your love life, buddy. That'll be the first thing that we go over. It's already I've already dis, like figured that out, decided that that's I know that's something you're gonna have lead. to attack right away. Oh, you're taking lead tonight? Oh, you're taking lead tonight? Oh, we're getting that we're getting that out of the way right off the fucking jump. I'll be right in at seven. I wanna see Yeah, that. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to see this. I'm gonna try to least... watch the football game on my cell phone in front of me while I watch uh, uh, <laughs> Limits are uh, broken, shit. fellas, Lee says. All right. All right, guys, yeah, remember we'll like, follow, share. Uh, don't forget our sponsor, the Trendy Forbes. You can get all kinds of cool NDT gear. We just placed an order for our stuff. Uh, but jump on over there, support the show. Um, Corey, what else you got tonight? Seven o'clock. And I think that's it, right? Yeah, that, that's it until later tonight. And we'll see what's going to happen next week. But stay tuned to everything on the, the channels, man. 
Okay, yeah, and we'll try to jump on and sh- shoot the shit with you for a little bit. We won't take over your show either. We'll just kind of do run-ins like you do, because that's that's actually fun. I love it. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, you know, um, everybody, thank you so much. Mark and I'll be alive again at 11 a.m. next week. Sports show. We'll be talking about the AFC and NFC championship games coming up. Hopefully, the Bills are still in there, and uh, we'll discuss this fucking table. All right, sounds yeah. good. Have guys. a great one, guys. We'll Let's see you later tonight. Mafia. We'll see you.